Good, good, good. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and I'm delighted today to be able to have a chat and introduce you to Kira Dignam. And Dave Brown is with us also, and Dave is with the Black Donnellys. And Kira and Dave will be touring uh, North America, and they're going to hit Vancouver in early December. That's the Black Donnellys and Kira Dignam. And um, we've chatted with Dave before because, Dave, briefly, uh, your tour, the last tour you and I talked about was when you had your um, video. And that I... Yeah, as far as I recall, that was shown. Was that shown on RTE? Uh, no, it's, someone told me it was shown on RTE. Actually, someone, a, a, a crowd came in last week from Clondalk and told me it was shown on RTE. Now, I don't know. I didn't get, I'll tell you what, I didn't get any royalties. I didn't do any deal for RTE, so I don't know. But it's been, it's been, it's been on everything. It's, 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 we're blessed. We got onto Netflix in Europe. We got onto Peacock, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, Tubi and who, uh, Roku over here in America, and right. also the also the Scientology uh, channel, which has twenty two million followers, uh, bought off us for a year as well. Well, maybe you're getting paid from the barter account by RTE. Um, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so good. And and Kira, you'd love this, and your dad would have loved this, and every Irish musician would love this. It's been it's been watched. Over over uh, um, t- nearly two point two million times the movie. Wow! Yeah, oh, but, but but we but we've made twenty eight thousand dollars over, which means we're only we only owe another ninety seven thousand dollars to clear it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kira, welcome, and it's a real pleasure to meet you. And you too. To, to have a chat with you, and you're coming and uh, going to visit Vancouver. Um, and I don't want to focus on it, but you are the daughter of Christy Dignam of Aslan. And as you and I were chatting before we came on air, uh, that had been on my bucket list to try and get yeah. to see your dad on one of my trips home, and I failed to do so. Um, you've been professional in the music industry, you were telling me, since you were a teenager. Yeah, since I was 14, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you how to get into music because that goes without saying. But when you did start gigging, yeah, it would have been around Dublin. And what, in some of the, where in Dublin would you have gigged at that stage? I actually started, um, Jim, so Aiken Promotions is like one of the biggest um, promotion companies in Ireland. And Peter Aiken is running it at the moment, but his dad actually started Jim Aiken. And I had met him, um, when I was about 12 and a half, 13, and he was actually running a thing called Pop Saturdays for basically teenagers who wanted to be on a stage but didn't have the opportunity to be on a stage because obviously you had to be 18 to be able able to even get into a pub, let alone sing them on. So it was an amazing opportunity for people like me who wanted to get onto a stage and just didn't have the option. So he used to run Pop Saturdays where he'd do it in Vicar Street then he'd tour it to, I think it was actually being run by, uh, it was sponsored by 2FM at the time. So they'd go around the country. So there was like, um, there was a place in Cork, a theatre in Cork, a theatre in Limerick, and a theatre in Galway. So um, it would be every Saturday. So I thought that kind of got me into getting on stage. And then I had decided that's what I wanted to do anyway. But that really kind of gave me the taste for I was like, right, this is it now. I'm ready to, like, I was ready to leave school and go full steam ahead with being a singer at the age of 14 and I'm like not chancy in school but <laughs> I knew that's what I wanted um, We're going to play a piece of music not immediately but I'm going to dedicate it to Jim's sister 
Phil Reed, who's a very close friend of ours, lives in Ottawa. And I met Jim at one of Phil's kids' weddings and was at the table with him uh, at the wedding. Uh, and a tremendous, tremendous person uh, Jim was and what he has done for the music industry in Ireland. So yeah. it's amazing how things weave through. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, after that toured, um, I've heard other singers. Uh, I remember chatting with Richie Hayes, and Richie had uh, got second in the um, uh, that big competition, and he said he was um, glad he didn't win. That had he won. He, his career would have been taken over and then dropped after a year or two. But because he became second, yeah. he, he developed a profile and he was able to build his own career. So after yeah. the touring happened with Jim's, uh, uh, that's how, where did you go from there? So I kind of, I was able to do a few little kind of support gigs and stuff like that. Um, and that kind of allowed me to kind of start to progress as a singer. And at the time I was kind of just going on and doing cover songs and stuff like that. And then I found myself in a position where I was doing my junior cert in school and I was at that stage, I was heading towards 16. So I was able to kind of, you know, quite like I could leave school at 16, like against my mum and dad's wishes, but I could if I wanted to legally kind of thing. So I went to them. I said, look, I, I, if I leave school, I, I want to pursue this 100%. And they, their thing was, OK, we we'll allow you to leave school, but you have to go to music college. So that was the plan. Um, I left school and done my junior cert and found out two months later I was pregnant on my son. So everything was up in the air then at that stage. Uh, I thought that was it. I couldn't, I could never sing again. That was the end of my dream. Because I kind of thought I needed to be practical. And I was thinking like at that point in, in your career when you're only starting off music, there's not really money to be made in it and you can't support a baby on that. So I thought I'm going to have to leave now, leave college and just try and get a trade that I could support them. And Darren, my husband, was walking was walking full time at the time. Um, but again, we were 17 and 18 year olds not having a clue what we were doing. And I'm an only child, so I knew I was going to be handed a baby and I didn't know what I even was. I had to literally guess my way through everything. So it was scary. It was a scary time. But I... I Unfortunately, at the time, I had to stop singing because, as I said, it just wasn't an option for me. And I was fully dedicated that I was going to be mammy. I wasn't going to have a baby. And like a lot of people are forced into have, having a baby at that age and having to kind of nearly hand it over to their mom and their mom has to rear the child. I didn't want that to be me. Um, I was lucky enough that I had the option of doing that. So I know some people are in a position that they just have to. Their mom has to take over, you know. Um so I just kind of concentrated on that, really. And then I was working in my mom's hairdressing salon. That was just like that, just a trade. I trained as a colorist, but still just all I wanted to do was sing. So when I, we bought our house, that, that was our aim, was to just buy a house. And we thought, right, once we're on the property ladder and we'll be, co- you know, we can be a family and make things, do things right, essentially. So when I was 21, we bought the house. And then a few weeks later, I found out I was pregnant on my daughter. And about... Two months after I had her, we went out, and I don't drink, so I'm always a designated driver, but it was Darren's family, it was a family party, and there was a karaoke on, and they were all trying to get me up singing, and at that stage, I was totally, like, I had no confidence left, I just was done with singing, although I loved it, I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't, I didn't have the bottle to kind of get back into it, so, um, 
eventually anyway they convinced me peer pressure or whatever and uh, me being a people pleaser I ended up getting up and singing so and everybody in the pub stood up clapping so it was I just sat down put my head down and on the way home I was driving home and Darren said to me Kira you have to sing you just have to sing and I had met Darren through like back when we met each other when we were 15 he was playing guitar and I was singing so um that was how we kind of knew each other in the first place so we'd sit in the house and he'd play guitar and stuff but it was never really um, that was going to happen outside the house up until that so my mum was babysitting for us that night and the next morning on the, the Sunday morning we went down and he says Catherine I want to lend of money and she was like oh god are you in some sort of trouble and he's like no I was just like we were only at the buying a house so we were literally just paying week to week we were living paying the mortgage and whatever but he's like I need a, a couple of grand to go out and buy a PA system because I want to care I need to bring care out gigging so my mum's like, okay. So he said, I promise you, I won't take a penny out. We won't earn a penny until we pay you back. And we just went out. He, Darren just went into pubs vouching for me saying, I promise you, give us one gig. And I promise you, if, if we're if we're decent, you can give us more gigs. But just stick to one gig for now. And within about two months, we had my mum paid full. And we haven't stopped gigging since. That was 16 years ago. Fantastic. Um, <coughs> when it came to the music, then sorry, Dave, come on in, Dave. Yeah, I said no. We did exactly the same when we got to got to um, to the states. Like we'd done all the stuff at home. I'd done loads of stuff. And when we get getting to Vegas, was one thing because that was a great contract we got. But the same as what what Kira said is like we we started right at the beginning here, and um, we were we were paying for for like nothing. But the thing what I did was I went down to. Uh, we're down to California. We got. I had a gig down there, and then I said, like, we went down. I said to the guy, "How much do you pay your? How, how much do you pay your 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 best band here?" And he goes, "We paid him a thousand dollars." He said, "But they're a five piece, and yous are only a two piece." And I said, "Tell you what, I'll do. What do you pay your lowest band?" And he goes, 200. I said, "Okay, give me the two hundred. If you like what we do, and we do it, no negotiating. Put us straight to the top of the two. And he goes, "But there's just two of yous." And I said, "Just do that for me. And if you do that, we'll do the gig." So went in, done the gig, and ever since then that gig has always been for, for us if we want it. The same, same with with, with Kira and same when I remember. And this is I know it's mad because people are saying like with the with with the family um, connection with Christy, who was obviously a friend of mine, not not close. We knew each other. He knew me since I was sixteen, and we knew each other. And I knew about Kira singing, and I heard it from a cousin of mine who was actually in an Abbey Abbot tribute. Cheryl Thomas. I don't know if you know her, Kira. She's and she says, yeah. have you heard Christy's daughter singing? And I said, no. I said, but you're about the fifth person's at the same thing. Because the circuit that Kira would be doing, I would have been on it as well, doing, doing corporate stuff and all that. And uh, a friend of mine who's a, an agency over there, John Brady, and he said to me before, he says, Dave, you're looking for so you should get together with Kira. And this is years ago now, years ago. And uh, he said, she's a great singer. And then I was somewhere... I was in Ballyferman, so my cousin, other cousins said, you got to hear her singing. So that's how that all came up. But she, she's, you know, the same thing she's saying. She was always, besides whoever, whatever she is, she was always, always on the radar and always a great singer. You know, the, the, girl, the people I played with in Temple Bar, a friend of mine, Claire Pilo, who I did it all, she did a load of stuff. And she said it to me. I think, Kira, you would have been only, what, seven, 18 or 19 or something at the time. When yeah. you, when you, yeah, and they said you should yeah, hear and, and and so that's where it was. And then when I heard that the album was coming, that you were doing your original, more to point the original stuff, I said, listen, we got to get out. And I thought that Tony McGuinness is a friend of mine. I've known him for a hundred years. And I was saying to him, what, 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 what is she doing? 
And then he said, you're doing your original stuff. I said, well, my thing was get her out of Ireland. Get her out of there first. Do her stuff on that, but get her out because Ireland will swallow you up. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're especially doing originals because you end up doing your set and you end up adding a cover, cover, cover. And you end up still doing one original in your set. You know, it happened yeah. to me and it's happened. I toured with everybody from like from Ronnie Drew to, to, to Terry Woods to uh, George Murphy, loads of people. And the same thing, I could see it happening. Ireland just got too small. And Terry Woods said it to me years ago. He says, you've got to get out of this place. So when I heard you were doing it, and especially the voice that you have, because it's, it, it's, it's, you can, I know you can sing anything and I know you can do it, but just when I heard you do the original stuff, it's like, we need more original music. We need them all. So that's, that's what it was. It was more the voice and the more of what you were. And then obviously you have the, the, the name, which is, which is great. But I think that the, the, the your, yourself is, can, can do without, I mean, getting the step up is great, but the, yourself and, and the voice that you have deserves it. And that's that's where I, that's where I came with it, you know what I mean. So she's been around forever, not just the last like two years, you know. <laughs> Is she already? That's, it, I think that's, it, that's the thing that people people think it's kind of. Um, I've just appeared, you know, like for a night, like there's mainly around Dublin, like you say, Corfer and stuff like that, but pubs and things like that, like seventy five percent of people will will know me for that. But then there's the, the small amount of people that. Are saying where is she? Just like I'm sure I haven't heard of it. I've only heard about her recently, and I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I wasn't there. It just means I wasn't yeah. on your radar, you know. Exactly, exactly. So, That's the thing with being musicians. So, Kira, yeah. do you did you find then that you because your dad uh, had such a profile and was uh, his music was so well known that it was a sh- you were in on behind a shadow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a misconception from from a lot of people to think that you get you get that kind of step up. Like it's a it's a it's a benefit when it's actually not. It's more of a hindrance. Um, and I know I've always said that. I mean, dad even said it like I know now that sounds like a horrible thing to say because he's not here. But that's not at all what I mean. I don't mean it to come across like that. But it's a hindrance in a sense that if people hear, say, say Kira Murphy. Mm-hmm. They'll say, okay, I'll have a listen to Kira Murphy. If they hear Kira Dignam, they have an idea of me before they've even heard me open my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because I then have to not only break down the barriers of what they already have in their mind without even hearing me, I then also have to prove that I can back up the, like, I have to prove that it's not bull what I'm telling you. Like, you know, I have to kind of, you're kind of almost, like, a lot of people that have me dad on a pedestal, they then think, I need are gonna like they're comparing me to him or people that aren't necessarily Aslan fans will not like me because they're not an Aslan fan. So it's you're fighting against a lot of it. Yeah, I know when Christy Hennessy passed and his daughter Hermione, um she brought out her album Songs My Father Taught Me or I think that was the title of it. And what she did yeah. was covers of what Christy had done. Um did you find that you were being pressured not within the industry, but by an audience, that there was an expectation that you would do covers of Aslan songs. Absolutely. Um, especially when he when he passed away, uh, I obviously I hadn't gigged. I'd taken time this time last year. I stopped gigging because he was in palliative care. And myself, Darren, and my mum were looking after him because he, he wanted to be at home. Um, so since, obviously since I've gone back gigging now, you do get where I've walked my arse off for the last three years for this album and for the last 20 odd years to get to where I am 
and I just want to be, as I said, I just want to come across as Kira. I just want to be me. I want to be, I want, without denying who I am, I want to be an independent singer. And then you get, will you do a crazy world? And I'm like, you know, so <laughs> like it, well, you do get that, you know, and I don't, I don't like some of, some of the, like Aslan have some amazing songs and like we'd, we'd be, um, myself and Dave will be doing those at that when I'm over there, like, and I've no problem with that, but I just, I want to be heard myself as well. Like I, I sang at the Irish Post Awards there two, two weeks ago in London. Um, we were asked to go over and perform and I sang this, my own single that's out at the moment. And they kind of had said, look, they were doing a little kind of tribute to my dad and a few people like Sinead O'Connor and Mark from the script because they had passed away this year. So they had asked as a tribute to your dad, would you sing Crazy World? I was like, that's fine. I get it. You know, it's a kind of little nod to him and I don't mind that. But I remember at the end of it, Imelda May came up to me and she's been a really good friend to me. She's so supportive. And she asked me to sing what in the summer in the Ivy Gardens here. And she came up to me at the end and she was like, Kira, look, I know how you feel. Without me even saying anything, she said, I know that it's a pain in the face having to do the cover songs, the Aslan songs, she said, but let them hear, let them, let them have what they want because you're still giving them your own song. Always give a little bit of yourself with what they want. Like keep them happy, but they still have to listen yeah, to me. It's- it's 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 what it is. It's 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 to uh, you know. If, if someone explained to me years ago, a very very famous person said, "Dave, sometimes you take it too too hard, and it's it's at the end of the day, it's showbiz and entertainment." And that's 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 what it was with, with, when because how this happened was we had done a gig, we had played in Vancouver, and we we played a festival, we done great, and then I done another Irish festival, and we went down amazingly, and we were still new on on the thing, and someone said to me then. Uh, Three people today, would you put a Naslan band together? And I said, no, there's no way I would do that. There's no way. Then someone asked me again. I said, no, I'll always do one or two songs as a tribute to them. And yeah. Absolutely. And I've done it, I've done it with, with, with lots of people from people I played with, no problem. And then uh, I said, bro, I'd never do that. And then it was coming on, and then I was talking to Stephen Brown, and uh, I was just talking to him about it because we were doing some stuff with the U2 thing here. And then he... then. I was saying how you were getting on. I said, it must be, you know, it's a pain that when she comes on because she can sing, but everyone wants to hear some Aslan stuff. And I said, there's a tastier way of doing that. And then that's when this whole thing came together. I said, you know what? There's an audience. Get get her out. We can do the cover stuff and then we can do our own stuff. Bring her out so she got do a good few originals and then do a little small tribute to, yes, we know who, who she is. We know her name is. Give them the whole stuff. Give them the hits. Uh, and then, then it, it just you use it as um, more embrace it, but not milk it as such. And that's exactly. That, yeah. that, so that that's and that, I, like I, instead of you having to do cover songs in your set, well, you can just pick one of your dad songs. And that's that's yeah. the way I, I looked at it. And it's like, and then eventually you will weed her out, and you're doing your own stuff. And then if you go to a cold audience, well, then the only thing you have to dip into is then your dad songs. And that's that's the way I looked at it because. Yeah. As I said, the industry will, 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 I, I did it with, 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 touring with George Murphy, did his first album and the same thing, you know, and people were saying, oh, George, I said, George can actually sing. He can yeah. sing. He's a, he's a good singer. As in, and even stuff that he's doing now, I did, we did the, the, the first two albums with him and I did, and I listened to him singing and I, I went around the place. I remember taking him around Ireland and people were saying, I said, he's not just going to do Raglan Road all night. There's more to this kid. I, 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 I'm, I love music and I love the way and I love the, and 
it's I hate seeing just being you know that Ireland's a great from just pigeonholing you. You know what I mean? It's like I always yeah. say, there's, there's a band here. Um, you know them, the Irish Rovers. They had mm-hmm. that song, the f- the unicorn. You, the unicorn. Right, now, right, and this here, if you think you're bad with your dad, you want to hear this. You want to see what this song does. It's oh, it's horrible, right? And it's it's it's. I can't even explain to you. We do a gig, and I always say to people, whatever song you like, we'll play it for you, except the Unicorn song. If you want the Unicorn song, it's $1,000. It's But this band are incredible. They're great musicians. They're brilliant. You want to hear them playing some of the other stuff. But the minute they come on, they want the Unicorn song. And it's been... Now, they have made a stack of money over it. They've done this, and they've played arenas now. That song has got them there. But I reckon they just, it's one of them things, God, we have to do this song. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's a kid song. We're, yeah. going to play, we're, we're going to play a track. Um, Kira, are we playing the single? Oh, thank with, And we'll come back and, and have a brief chat to get the housekeeping details and all before we wrap up. You're listening to Eric Reddy Canada. I'm Robert, and this is Kira Dignan. You say you're not ready yet. A different path is in your head. It's safer, that's not good enough. Would only hurt the both of us. Maybe you're lost. Maybe it's gone. Is it too late to turn?
Welcome back, and uh, you are listening to Irish Radio Canada, and we have Dave Brown and Kira Dignam here with us. Uh, Kira, based on everything I've heard at the moment, I know that there's such a reservoir of experience and life within you that drawing on it in order to be creative is uh, is just there. Yeah. Well, I don't know about. Um, you kind of nearly make me sound wise, and I don't think that you don't think you got that right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're giving me a bit too much credit there. No, yeah. I'm, I'm like life experience. You know, we go. A lot of us go to the school of hard knocks. Yeah. And and you know we develop wisdom and we develop experience and and all sorts of things as a result. And as I said, based on having uh, chatting with you, I know that you do have a wealth of wisdom, and you have a wealth of experience and a reservoir of it there. So that that obviously is what you can draw on in order to be creative. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I I think a lot of people say to me that there's a book in me now. Although I would be quite open. And we actually spoke before we were recording about being vulnerable and opening yourself up and stuff like that. And I try to be as honest as I can while still kind of being a little bit reserved because mm-hmm. I've kind of lived my entire life. Um, like, as you know, I, obviously in the shadow of my dad, but I also have had a lot of my life exposed when I didn't necessarily want it to be or like when I was a teenager, like obviously my dad struggles aren't a secret so yeah. I went through my teenage stage where you're it's an awkward age anyway to, to get through to navigate life but I then had to go through not only living with an addict but everybody known that I was living with an addict yeah. so that's that's hard you know and mm-hmm. um, so I think maybe at the even now maybe because I'm still in the grieving process I'm still at the stage where I'm quite closed off like I'll be very open about I mean as I said, everybody knows it is what it is. Everybody knows what we went through as, as a family. But on a like, there's personal things that I'll probably never speak about. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could probably make great songs. But I'm still very reserved about mm-hmm. what I talk about or what I let people in on. Because mm-hmm. even even down to his funeral, I mean, all you have to do is Google his funeral, and that was a spectacle that I didn't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that, that was. I remember I got, I got home. I actually flew home for the for, for the funeral, and I was there, and I thought, and then I remember a few people that was there that they said, "Oh, you never got in touch with us." And I said, "I didn't come home. I didn't do that to to be seen and be one of the." I I've always hated that, and I I was a friend of Ronnie Drew's as well, and like. Jesus, the amount of stuff that would come in. A friend, a friend of Phelan's drew, which is, would have been the same as Kira. He said, and he even today still gets like people coming up. I remember your dad in sixty, and, and he was this and he's that. And Ronnie was a bit of a, you know, he was a <laughs> he was a head, you know. So he did. He, he wasn't. He, he'd be very sharp with people. And even I was at home uh, with Phelan, and he was saying people coming up to him. I was sitting in the pub room. He goes, oh, I remember your dad. He did this. He did that. And some people are good. Some people are, can be real dicks about it as well. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. as 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 it is, with, which which would be with you, Kira. And it's like, it's people don't know when to shut up. You know? And it's that's it's, the thing. Yeah. And I think, because, as I said, because I kind of grew up, uh, not necessarily in the spotlight. I don't mean to sound, I don't want to make myself sound like I'm a Kardashian. I am not. And um, like because I would have my dad would have been very public and his you know he'd have been very open which is what his appeal with people I think um people feel have that kind of uh they're nearly overly yeah they do they think they know you you and they think I can come and say anything I want to you and there's no boundaries they don't know the line they don't know when a line is being crossed because 
it's like they may have they may have seen me on stage or they see me at a gig and they think then oh I I know you on a personal level and that's not at all the case so yeah people think that they don't have a filter mm-hmm. no and mm-hmm. it's it's especially uh, it's I've watched it here like I mean I'm in Vegas you know what I mean I've watched it here with 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 uh, with, with, with like. I, I look, look at them and look at these superstars and thinking, how did you live your life? And that's why that's when you only you get audience. That's why the VIP rooms are there. That's why the red rope is there. Is all that because you yeah. like there's all sort of like we did the uh, a friend of mine is part of the Wahlburgers operation, and he did the open to that. And um, and you want to see the madness that goes on around Mark Wahlberg and all these people who like you're just looking and going like, how did you live your life like this? You know, it's it, it it's 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 insane, and you're right, Doug. And I watched it with, on a smaller level with, with, with people at home. Well, it's a level, doesn't mean. It. But people, just some people, just do not have any filter, as you say, and think they can come up and say anything that you want, and stop you eating in a restaurant, going like, "Oh, can we? Would you sign this?" Which is cool. A lot of people sign up for that. Oh, will you, will you sing this? Will you sing "Happy Birthday" to me, man? You're going like, "Will you fuck off?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I was actually shopping too. I was in town a few weeks ago shopping and a girl came up to me and I'll always try and be, you know, I'll try, if anybody comes up talking to me, of course, like these are the people that are buying my CDs. These are the people Absolutely. that are coming to you. So yeah. you do have to, you know, you, you can't lose the run of yourself. But I was chatting away to this girl and then she was like, oh my God, my mum absolutely loves you. Would you would you talk to him? Take the phone out and start silent. Would you talk to your mum? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then, you, it's not even that then. You have to come across and you have to take the phone and be like, hello. And she's kind of, he'll see us. And you're like, it's Kira Digno. You're not like, I'm actually oh, about myself. Like, I, I know. I've, I've seen it. I've, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. I, I, like, even the sports guys here and, and um, the the... the uh, the Manchester United team who have done some stuff for and all that and I'd be sitting and it's I, I it's the same walking down the street with your dad the worst two people to walk down the street in Ireland was Ronnie Drew and Christy Dignam you couldn't get yeah. you couldn't get like 10 feet away and and people coming over which is great but it's the one that the, the ones that come up and especially I mean Bono says the worst time to be famous is 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 a, is, is on in Dublin on a Saturday night do you know what I mean? It's yeah. the, they'll, they'll go out of their way to tell you they don't like you. Do you know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, let's do some housekeeping. We could chat for hours. We don't have hours. Um, the gig is in Vancouver. Um, yeah. Uh, give the details the per- there, Dave. It's at the Pearl Theatre on December the 8th. Um, it will be, the tickets are selling. Um, they've they, they pumped them out this week. So they're selling fast, which is great to hear. The show will be uh, the Black Donnelly show, Kira Dignam show, and then we will do a, a, a tribute to Christy because we obviously we both knew him that I helped. Uh, so that <laughs> so will will be there. We'll be we're deciding on what sort of whether we'll do it with, with a full band, we'll do it acoustically, but it'll be brilliant. We play there anyway, and the theatre is great. But it will be it will you will get stuff from our uh, soundtrack, our movie. And the new movie coming up, and we had two Grammy-nominated songs as well. We playing them, and we will be doing uh, a lot of Kira's um, original stuff, which is which is really good. We get the album, have a listen to it, and then be familiar with the stuff. And she, she as I said, she she can do it live, so it will be great. Uh, looking forward to doing it, and then we will do, as I said, the, uh, the the bit of a tribute to our dad. So the people will get everything all the way through to. Uh, my history, Kira's history, and the history of Irish music—what we have. 
So I'm going to throw yeah. in the, the bone there and let you fight over it. What piece of music are we wrapping up with? Um, uh, I didn't like that one. No, but wrap up with Kira. Oh, you've already played Kira's single, haven't you? Yep, we have, yep. Um, I, I don't know. Do, you, do something for me or dad if you want. Um, I'm, 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 I leave, it up to you, Kira. leave it up to you, Kira. Uh, I think this time by Aslan, I think it'd be a nice one to do. Okay. It's one of my favourites. Do you, do you know that that that's that's just on a joke? I have a playlist here in Rira that I play. I've been playing since I've come over here ten years, and the playlist is called This Time, and it's the fourth song on the playlist. That's well, mad. That's meant to be. And yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even tracking through your phone or anything, and I was able to say that. There you go. Yeah. There you have it now. There you go. Dave from. We'll have to do it at the gig, so. Kira, oh yeah, yeah. Kira, Dave, it's been an honour and a pleasure. And uh, this time, by Aslan. Thank you. God bless. Drawing faces in a padded room With nothing but echoes of screams Am I insane? Am I untamed? Is this the answer or is it a game? Feels like nothing, and it looks like you're nothing at all. And we all go down this time. Has the world forgotten about me? Am I left here to suffer?
Thank you.